Happy holidays, all you Holly weirdos. We're definitely going to celebrate this gold tide season by summoning the holiday spirit. And what better way to do that by actually sharing some ghost stories, but not just any ghost story. What if it was a ghost story that helped solve a 200-year-old crime? Better yet, what if we talk about other ghost stories that were actually solved from beyond the grave? And we go into a deeper dive with this episode, especially as we talk about the art of storytelling, because tis the season to be sharing plenty of them, right? But what if the art of storytelling is harnessed to actually help solve crimes? Its potential is truly awe-inspiring as storytellers or podcasters behind the mics take center stage, orchestrating a grippling narrative that unravels the mysteries surrounding criminal activity. But with each carefully chosen word and twists of plots, our audiences are enthralled. Their collective imagination is certainly ignited, but as powerful as this ability may be, we must also acknowledge its potential for harm. In a quest for entertainment and resolution, we can easily become blind to ethical boundaries. But what if the art of storytelling can actually turn a different direction? While storytelling has the capacity to enthrall and enlighten us, it definitely has the capacity to inflict irreversible damage on lives and on lives lost. Such a good example of this is the story that we'll also talk about later on in this episode, and that is the story of Gloria Ramirez, or as what the public and the press unfortunately deemed her as the toxic woman of Riverside, California. We have a lot to catch up on. So forewarning, there will be some banter because we were on a bit of a hiatus. And that's a nudge, nudge, wink, wink to our friend, David. We know who you are, but you're still our friend. We love you. But you should already know the drill, right? Gather your crystals, your salt lamp, or maybe some salt if you don't have a salt lamp. Because we're going to get Holly weird with the art of storytelling for this school tide as we continue with the tradition of sharing ghost stories for the month of December. So let's get Holly weird and summon the holiday spirit. Ghost stories are always scarier when they're told by the very people who experience them. Hi, I'm Becky. And I'm Diana. And we're the hosts of the Homespun Haints podcast. We talk to people just like you who've come face to face with ghosts, demons, haints, and other strange paranormal phenomena. All of it makes for a chilling good time. So grab yourself a sweet tea, turn off the lights, and listen to some eerie, true ghost stories on Homespun Haints wherever you get your podcasts. I'm not scared. Are you? Hey guys, welcome to another delicious episode of Holly Weird Paranormal after we got back from our hiatus and we'll continue to possibi go on another one. Hiatus is hiati are like Christmas. I need 12 of them and they need to all be bird themed. 12 days of hiatus. It's fine. Oh my God. On the 12th day of a hiatus, my true right. Said to me, here's some melatonin and go. And back. I did. That's what I really did. And I did. 
<laughs> well, October was such a crazy year, guys, and we decided to take a big break in November. Yeah. But we have some more delicious Christmas treats or spooky Christmas treats for you all. Yes. We decided to do this crazy episode in um, to pay homage to an old yet slightly died out tradition of Christmas, which is the tradition of sharing ghost stories. But what if those ghost stories have helped solve a crime? And that is what we're going to go into with this amazing article that we read that we came across so say a week crazy. or two ago. Yes. And you had the best description. for it. Yeah. It's like a boxcar mystery novel or like an yeah. Agatha Christie. Like I just read my first Agatha Christie recently. And this is what it feels like. Just like, oh, the ghost of like the solving the ghost murder with the clue of like the, the all the things. Like it's just so this is the kind of thing you hear about and you're like, that's not real. Like that's a movie or that's like a book that I read. But like crazy. To me, crazy. it was more like a movie. It just like it, yeah. I just felt like Swayze. Patrick Swayze in the nineteen what was it, nineteen ninety one, ninety two movie with ghost that starred oh, yeah. to be more with that bowl. <laughs> The bowl haircut, yeah. (laughs) And the pottery studio heard round the world. Yes. Have you ever seen the TikTok of the woman who dressed up as that scene? Not just one of the characters, but the scene. If you can find it, guys, on TikTok, it's I think it's called the Patrick Swayze pottery ghost um, costume. And she dresses up as Dimpy Moore. Oh, ow. It's crazy. She atta- Yeah, she attaches this, like, what is it, the pottery turner yeah. to her waist. And then she had, like, a cutout of Patrick Sweet's pottery turner. It Insane. was brilliant. Yeah, but, looking, yeah. You know I love when people go all out for Halloween. Good for oh, her. Yes. But we're going all out for December, too, Bryce. Um, yes. We made this announcement a couple of days ago. But, uh, guys... On December 15th through the 16th, Bryce is going to be spending the night with me and our friend Hanina <laughs> on the Queen Mary. We're going to be camping out yes. on this haunted ship. Bryce in a haunted ship. We're having a haunted sleepover. I'm super brave now. I don't know if everyone got the memo, but I will have you know, I just did an escape room for my friend's birthday. I saw that. It was a scare rating of four out of five. So I'm basically very brave now. You are. I you surpassed brave little toaster. Yeah, I did stand in the room and cover my eyes and scream like a child, like multiple times. I just stood there screaming, <laughs> but we escaped. So I'm pretty brave, actually. You are. Not only yeah. are we going to be spending the night on this haunted ship, but we will be partaking in the great ghost project yeah, if you guys didn't remember from our last um episode with aiden sinclair his partner leads the great ghost project which is a very in-depth um investigation in the lower depths of the queen mary and it's done really well it's curated extremely well and it's ethically done so don't think you're going to go in there looking oh, for demons Lord. it's just like you're going to go into the lower depths of the ship and see what makes communication with you and i know that it's uh, been a very successful project and people come out with a lot of great stories and experiences apparently and that will be recorded so they record it for you dude already so that the ghosts don't hate me for not being dressed well enough i know you get your hair cut do your get your toenails done it'll be fine we'll see well guys um we decided to start this yuletide season by sharing a ghost story that helped solve a 200-year-old murder 
which is insane. Now, it doesn't take place in California, but this mm. article is definitely giving us Hollywood or Holly weird. So um, just to give you guys a little amoosh Well, I've always said Pennsylvania is really the Hollywood of the East Coast. Everyone says that. <laughs> we know a lot of people there that live in and around there and they're all investigators. It's all it's it's crazy haunted in that area too. It truly. It is such a hot Have you ever been? Like Yeah, so it's like a pretty it's like a pretty close drive from where I grew up and a lot of people from my university went to Pennsylvania and I did like a bunch of mission trips in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, like all over the like, rural parts of Pennsylvania. And so I've been there a lot, like especially when I was younger. Um, but it borders Ohio. Like it's it's a pretty close drive. Yeah, that I mean, that whole area has a lot of crazy stories. And I mean, it's close to a lot of other like haunted states and other haunted locations. We don't, like, and we always, always, always talk about this. But like when you think about it, it's like, okay, you have these places like Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, these huge cities. It's really yeah. close to New York. It has a lot of history of native peoples being displaced throughout the colonization of America. It was an original colony. Like it has a huge Amish population that still is like very active. It has all these like rural and urban areas. Like it's just so much like farming cities, steel industry. Like there's just so many layers in these cities. Mm -hmm. In the so true state and like you know pennsylvania still like has areas that are like deep deep woods as well like there's just so much shit going on so like when i was reading this story i was like yeah this checks out like yeah <laughs> i felt that it would check out with you considering that that is your that is your people up there man yeah right it's yeah people do hear straight yeah. when i travel to louisville and when i travel to missouri i was like this is so real. Like, I just want to take a picture by corn stalks. Like, this is yeah. <laughs> And I did. Like, I had the weirdest looks, but I'm like, I don't care. This is so, this yeah. is what I'm wanting so much. And yeah. um, that, I mean, I love Midwest goth. It is beautiful. The farmland, gorgeous. The yeah. fact that you can take a ride down those back streets into the woods, into those farms and drink like homemade cider, beyond me. And the oh, is everything. Yeah. How Elvis is to Nevada, like most likely Las Vegas is how like what was it? Um uh Billy the Kid is to like Missouri, from what I was told. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everywhere I went, like, oh Billy the Kid, this is where he hung out. This is where I'm like, what? Really? Okay. So yeah, he he's been everywhere. Like Maryland's been all over Hollywood. Elvis has been all over Vegas. Billy the Kid's been all over Missouri, apparently. So Yeah. <laughs> apparently yeah apparently apparently um but there are other stories too not just of this one that we're about to get into of where ghosts have actually helped solve their own crimes there's been the story of the Greenbrier ghost and also the i think it's called the teresita basa's ghost where these ghosts have either like visited people random strangers in their dreams to help them solve their murder and I don't know if you guys are wow. familiar with the most recent one that is blown up in the podcasting, primarily the, the paranormal podcasting world, and that is the podcast Ghost Story. And mm -hmm. that is um, where Tristan Redman, a journalist, believed that there was a ghost story that was connected to his wife and to a flat that he rented back in the day that was connected to um, some family ghosts. 
through his wife's side. So it was one of those things of, can this ghost who terrorized my childhood home lead me to a murder that was connected to my wife's family? So it is a crazy, crazy story. Yeah, it's giving very much like the sixth sense, right? Like the whole time uh, Haley Joel Osment is like so scared because all the ghosts are like terrifying. But then it's actually them just like reaching out for help, but they just don't know how else to do it. And so, yeah, it is, like, very scary, but, like, they just need help from him. Exactly. And that's how I kind of feel with this. It's like, yeah, it is scary when you don't realize, like, you're just seeing something like a scary apparition. But they actually, in this story, are, like, seeking justice and help. Yeah. And it's been proven. I mean, like, I don't know if you guys remember this story. It was on Unsolved Mysteries back in the early 90s. And it was the mysterious case of Teresita Bassa. She was from the Philippines and she was working as a nurse in a hospital in Chicago and she was mysteriously murdered. She was burned in her bed and it looked like an accident. But apparently one of the doctors that she worked with in this hospital, his wife started to get visitations from her. And then it was claimed that she was possessed by Teresita. But in the long run, it turned out that the wife and this doctor helped solve this horrendous murder that happened with this poor nurse. So... In this case, it wasn't just a ghost. It was actually a grandfather's ghost story to two of his grandsons that grew up and decided, wait, there's something here. Let's look into it. And sure enough, they ended up discovering a horrific dark secret connected to Irish immigrants. So um, I don't know. Bryce, do you want to pull up the article? And yeah, I've if- got it right here. Okay. Do you want to start us off with a good read? I just realized something, sure. too. You said Haley Joe Osman. I think you graduated from Brave Little Toaster to Haley Joe Osman level. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not really doing it. Look at me go. You're going places. All right. Yeah. So this is on NewYorkPost.com. And it just says how my grandpa's Thanksgiving ghost story he tells each year. God bless him. Led us to uncovering on the 189-year-old murder mystery. And this is by Chris Bradford at The Sun. Hi, Chris. Thanks Hi. for your article. Mm-hmm. Um, a grandpa's haunting Thanksgiving ghost story appeared to help two brothers uncover a near 200-year-old murder mystery. Bill and Frank Watson were told a chilling tale about 57 Irish immigrants who died at the railroad site in Pennsylvania during the cholera epidemic in 1832. Did you ever see that movie with Tom Hanks and Nicole Kidman uh, where he's like a boxer and they like go out west? Uh, in West, no way. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Far and away. That's, oh, you said Tom Hanks. You mean Tom Cruise, right? Tom Cruise. All the Toms yes. are the same. Everyone knows that. <laughs> yes. Tom yeah. Cruise. Yes. I love that movie. That's what this reminds me of. And I, as an Irish descendant, appreciate this. Good for them. <laughs> um, but it was a good movie. <laughs> oh God, so good. Uh, and they're young too. Jeez. Oh yeah. The area is known as Duffy's Cut. Uh, as the rail worker's boss's name was Philo Duffy. It is a stretch of tracks located around 30 miles from Philadelphia. The brothers were told the chilling tale by their grandpa, a railroad worker, every Thanksgiving. Like, I love this grandpa at dinner just being like, you want to hear about these Irish immigrants who were murdered? Like, grandpa, no. <laughs> they believe the rail workers died violently and not from cholera. Frank told CNN in 2010, this is a murder mystery from 178 years ago, and it's finally coming to the light of day. According to a local legend, a man walking home from a tavern claimed to see a mysterious green figure dancing in the mist in September 1909. 
The document quotes the unnamed man as saying, I saw with my own eyes the ghost of the Irishman who died with cholera a month ago. I've been dancing around the big trench where they were buried. It's true, mister. It was, it's true, mister. It was awful. Frank inherited the railroad papers from his grandpa and said one of the documents said X marks the spot. Truly such that, like, when you see that in a movie, you're like, okay, really? um, If you were a ghost that was haunting your own grave, how would you be dancing? Like, um, well, I really only have one dancing. Jazzer, they always make fun of me because I get this like face of like, I don't even, I can't even do it because I'm not drunk. But it's like, no, it's kind of like, it's like a face. Yeah, it's like a face of superiority and like feeling myself, I guess. And then I just kind of like wiggle and like, like mm, mm. yeah. So I assume my ghost will be doing that as well. Yeah. Imagine if somebody saw that and they're like, I saw it with my own eyes, mister. There was a guy that yeah. was like, he had this face of superiority. Yeah, kind of said it and shook his hands around a lot. You know, that's him. They suspected that the files contained clues to the location of a mass grave. Oh, terrifying. Bill and Frank delved deeper into the case. They started digging. You gotta love the gumption. Let's just start digging. They started digging in 2002 and years later found forks and tobacco tobacco pipe shards. Excuse me. The brothers didn't believe struggling laborers would discard valuable items. Fair. Uh, researchers in March of 2009 found a bone raising suspicions that cholera may not have killed the rail workers. Teams also uncovered a skull that had been pierced by a bullet and cleaved by a hatchet. Bill, a historian, said, We have no idea what percentage of these guys were murdered, but if we have 57, it's the worst mass murder in Pennsylvanian history. He said the average age of the workers was around 22 years old. Uh, forensic anthropologist Janet Monge said the case provided vital clues about the lives of Irish immigrants. She said it was a cruel and rugged existence that characterizes the immigrant experience and it speaks very broadly of the xenophobia that existed at the time. Lol, at the time. Girl, it still exists. Okay. Well, like, alive and well. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very interesting. I always do think about this. I lasted as long as I could. Uh, it is very interesting because if you look back at, like, the history of immigration in this country, first of all, we've always been bad to people, both natives and immigrants so like let's not pretend that this is like an abstract thing that was happening but it is very interesting the way that like whiteness has evolved to protect itself and one of the ways that it did that was by including people who were originally on the outs so if you look at like original irish immigrants early italian immigrants those oh, people yeah. were treated abhorrently among many others again i'm not trying to just say that they were the only ones that were treated badly but again, because whiteness has to protect itself in the hierarchy, it's like, okay, well, we'll let them in now, decades, if not centuries later, and they're part of whiteness. So then they're okay now. Irish immigrants now would have very little, if any, trouble coming here to the United States. Whereas we've shifted and anyone who is a Latin American immigrant uh middle eastern immigrant anyone whose skin is just a little bit too brown all of a sudden like we're still treating these immigrants like in horrifically terrible ways and i just find that so interesting that like yeah but again it's because we evolved but the the methods have not changed at all right i find that annoying i'm no, deeply I, annoyed agreed <laughs> but it is like very fascinating like i always think about this where it's just like right as someone who is like my family came over to America uh 
slightly prior to the actual potato famine, but around that time. So we've been in this continent for centuries now as Irish immigrants. And it's like, right. And we get the benefits of that because we're now so far removed that we now have been given the benefit of being white Americans. But like at the time, that was not the case. Yeah. History is insane. I love history. It is. And it repeats itself. And I just feel like it still repeats itself to this very day. And we still don't learn. We we brought this up time and time again. And I remember like when you brought up Irish immigrants and even like, like Hispanic immigrants and Middle Eastern immigrants, I remember there was this uh, documentary on Morrissey and how there was this huge following that he had in this demographic. There were a lot of Hispanics that love his music because they're like, he understands what it's like for us to, you know, be immigrant and to be an immigrant and to go through these hard, hard times. Like he even sings about it too. But here's also a little tidbit too, that back in the 1800s, we had thousands of Irish people who left their homeland and many came to California during the gold rush. Irish immigrants made up the majority of San Francisco's working class, constituting uh, 13% of San Francisco's total population and over 21% of the labor force in 1870. So they were a huge, huge, huge presence when it came to the workforce. Here we see this happening in Pennsylvania, and now they're automatically erased because of these groups. Well, and experiencing like violence as well because of that, as we again always fucking do. Uh, I again, <laughs> here we go. Uh, Monge discovered bones from at least seven skeletons, including four skulls. She said one skull had a little divot on what would have been the side bone of the skull. That little divot is something that didn't happen when they excavated it out of the ground. The anthrop- anthropologists speculated that one of the laborers may have been clunked on their head before they died. I believe that's the official term, clunked. Mm-hmm. Researchers believe more <laughs> bodies are underneath the surface. Bill Watson said the coffins had been shut with more than 100 nails per coffin, according to the Hidden City. The remains of five men and one woman from those who died at Duffy's Cut were laid to rest at a ceremony in Pennsylvania in 2012. The body of teenager John Rudy, who was from country Donegal, was repatriated back to Ireland. And a burial took place in County Tyrone for Catherine Burns in October of 2015. Forensic believe that injuries to her skull indicated that she had been murdered, the BBC reported. Duffy's cut later became part of the Pennsylvania Railroad's main line. I don't know. It's so crazy that, like, this was just like a family story being passed around. They're like, oh, surprise, mass grave. <laughs> exactly. It was a mass grave, but something didn't sit right with these two brothers. And this wasn't something that took them one year to do. I mean, this was back in 2007, 2009. And this took, I think... It took many, many years because they had yeah. to excavate um, the site with great caution. And the amount of testing that went into it, the forensics that went into it, it was also very intensive. So it's really amazing how these two brothers grew up with this ghost story and this art of storytelling passed down by their family members. And it ended up solving a crime. And we've kind of like gone into our personal journey with this podcast of like how we share stories now. And Mm -hmm. it's something that we've learned, too. It's like storytelling could also be very entertaining and at times could also bring some harm considering Mm -hmm. how it's told. And 
it's just really enlightening to see this part of storytelling actually solving a crime and putting yeah. a lot of souls to rest, which is really, really, really enlightening and amazing to see. Yeah. I mean, we always say like at its core, everything I think in the world, but I truly believe everything is just story. Like it's the stories we tell each other and the ways that we respond to them. And we are the stewards of those stories while we're here uh, until we move on and become parts of other people's stories. So I just think that that's really like powerful. Like the, the power of story can solve crime and tell your grandpa at Thanksgiving. Like it's just, there's so many facets of that. Right. And I mean, this was just a really good testament to that. And it's it's great that, you know, they were able to, to give him a proper burial, but it's yeah. just and it's to kind of bad. expatriate them back to their home country. Like, that's really beautiful. Mm hmm. Exactly. That's what I really appreciated about this article. And I found it so fascinating. Like, we got to cover it on today's episode just to open up yeah. the tradition of storytelling for Christmas. But yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is something that I mean, it could go on even in the true crime podcast realm. I know that there was a podcast too that helped California cops crack the 1996 uh, case of on a student that was killed. So I mean, that's where okay, these stories can really come in and really do something. I think another recent example is like the Golden State Killer. No, oh, so much of that was like solved because of just one person's dedication to telling the story with like accuracy and science and then that led them to the killer like oh damn great yes but what are other stories that have caused harm and there's one that we actually covered i want to say like two years ago with the winchester mystery house and we had a guest who used to work in the house and she ended up quitting because remember she didn't like the way that they were telling Sarah Winchester's story that she was yeah. the senile woman that was seeing ghosts. Yeah. It was crazy. She was incompetent at towards the end of her life. But really, yeah. the true story was this woman was of sound mind and spirit. Like she had a very conscious and very intelligent mind. And she was very yeah. independent. And she provided employment to a great deal of San San Jose residents. And that is a story that we don't hear. We just hear about this old senile woman living in this ginormous house that was supposedly built by ghosts. And in all actuality, it really wasn't. You know, she had her own superstitions. Yes, she did. But yeah, but we like to demonize women, especially. Exactly. And that was the whole premise of that storytelling is that the undertones of that type of storytelling is where it causes harm. And mm -hmm. we kind of, in a way, disrespect her as a person and her character mm -hmm. and that legacy that she led. And yeah. that's where it kind of like her story, along with other stories, made me realize like this is where it really turns sour, especially the story of Gloria Ramirez, who was deemed the toxic woman in Riverside. So her story has a lot of harm because people really disrespect her, disrespect her family. And um, I don't know if you have, have you ever heard about this story, Bryce? Um, I'm not sure, actually. It sounds vaguely familiar, but I'm not sure. We've gotten a lot of requests to talk about her, but I will break this down um, 
I guess, in this podcast episode because yeah. um, it's something, too, that I wanted to cover. And it's something that I also wanted to do with great grace. So I'm sure the people who have heard her story have heard of Gloria Ramirez. She was this woman who enters Riverside General Hospital back in 1994. And she is vomiting. She's really sick. She is unconscious. And she's also really scared. And what ends up happening is, is that the staff at this hospital noticed that she has this oil-like schlick scene on her face. And she is also omitting this very odd garlic-like scent. And it gets so overwhelming that the nurses start to draw her blood is when that scent overpowers the room, overpowers the nurses, and eventually spreads all over the hospital, apparently. So the nurses start fainting because of this horrific garlic-like sour sweet scent that is omitting from this body, from this blood of this woman. And it creates this whole pandemonium, this whole psychosis through the hospital. Within 30 to 45 minutes, the hospital is on lockdown. People are fainting because they are feeling like they're getting sick because of this blood. Doctors don't know what's going on with Gloria Ramirez, and she ends up passing due to shock. Yes. The story that not a lot of us are told is that Gloria Ramirez was a mother and that Gloria Ramirez had family and that Mm. Gloria Ramirez was suffering from cervical cancer. And because even back in 1994, I mean, for those who were struggling to work, we're still struggling to afford insurance. And that was the case of Gloria Ramirez. She couldn't afford insurance. So she went through extreme ways to figure out how to treat her symptoms and her pain connected to cervical cancer. And not only that, it was a late stage cervical cancer. And she was taking, it was claimed that she was taking a sedative called DSMO. I think it's called dimethyl sulfoxide. And it is a kind of a poisonous agent if it's not used properly. It's usually, from what I was told, it was used for vets to treat horses. Um, Horses that suffer from pain. It's a topical treatment. Taking horse medication. I know. And it was a treatment that was supposed to, supposedly it's also used for that type of treatment and pain, but somehow she was able to attain this type of solvent and use it for her pain. And it is said and it is proven that dimethyl sulfoxide can omit a very garlic-like scent. So she probably overdid it with this medication and it caused her and whatever treatment I think she was Possibly, I read somewhere that she was about to t- um, go on some sort of a treatment for her cancer, um, for mm-hmm. chemotherapy, or she was already on chemotherapy and in unison with the dimethyl sulfoxide. It was a bad combination for her. Thus, she got very sick and then she mm-hmm. passed. So her story really taught me the art of storytelling could be very, very, very disrespectful and also mm-hmm. can cause a lot of harm. Another thing that we also didn't learn about Gloria Ramirez's story is that her family's still alive. She had yeah. two children. So she has um, Angel, her son Angel, mm. and she also has a daughter. And when I covered her story on TikTok, her daughter actually reached out to me. Oh, wow. And um, 
she was like, hey, I saw your video. Thank you. It just it feels it still feels like yesterday. I, I that bet. And if you want to see pictures wow. of her daughter, she um, you can Google Glory Ramirez's daughter. I think the L.A. Times covered her story. Right. Another thing that we will ever learn about Gloria Ramirez's story is that how after she passed away, she was buried without a lot of her organs and her heart, that she had to be excavated another time, and that the family wow. members still couldn't get any answers. Um, you'll also not Jeez. learn that the family had to go through extreme means to bury their mother again. They had to sell personal items and they also had to bake goods in order to afford to bury Gloria and another thing too that we will never learn is that Gloria's children endured a lot of ridicule from the public sure right so her son Angel would go to school and the students because of the media will call their mom a monster the toxic Mm. monster so this is where I I really wanted to approach her story from a very positive and respectful yeah. standpoint. And I know that a lot of us wanted, a lot of you guys wanted us to cover her story, but we wanted to give it justice to a point where there is a sense of humanity whenever we share right. a story that she was a human, she was a person, she was a mother, and she was very scared. And yeah. it's very disgusting that the media treated her like a monster and they called her a toxic lady because of pandemonium. Honestly, what happened at the hospital was pure psychology. It's psychosis. It's just, that's just the way that we operate. It's like, oh, someone's going crazy. This is what's happening. We're all going to go crazy. This massive psychosis is what occurred. Mm -hmm. So that is pretty much what I wanted to share, too, in terms of, you know, that story. And also Gloria Ramirez's story is that she was just more than just the toxic lady. She was actually a human being whose family are still living here in Los Angeles and her family also has to listen and endure all these people talking about her mom as the toxic mm-hmm. lady. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, that's not how you want your loved one to be remembered. Yeah. And it's, you know, I've seen a lot of people cover her story and I, I hate to bring this up, but even, uh, what is it? The ghost files guys. Mm-hmm. I, the, the P the, the two guys on Buzzfeed that do the ghost files, like I kind of, I don't know. I'm a little indifferent with them, but they covered her story two years ago and it didn't sit well with me because mm-hmm. it br- <laughs> they brought up an alien extraterrestrial-like element to her death. So they mm-hmm. claimed the reason why she died was possibly linked to some sort of extraterrestrial activity in that area, which was terrible. It was terrible. Sorry, it's Real like crackpot journalism there, guys. I know it was. Shade, shade. I really, I don't know, man. Yeah, I really didn't. It just didn't sit well with me. And when I yeah. dug more into her story and just reading that message from her daughter, like these people have to relive this, unfortunately. And unfortunately, every time. Yeah. Unfortunately to them, when they lost or like when you lose your loved one, it's like it just happened. You know, even though if it was something that occurred 10, 20 years ago. It's still fresh in their memory. It's very traumatic. Well, and it's like, that's not how you want people to remember your loved one. Like Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, as much as we wanted to cover her story, and I think we'll, you know, do a longer version 
of it and go in depth with it. We wanted to approach it from a very positive standpoint. Like, well, even like when people aren't living, it's very easy to forget that like all history is still it's still humans, it's still people reaching back from the past, wanting our attention, and that we deserve to like treat them with dignity because they are not different from us. They just were born at a different time. Exactly. Yes. So, I mean, these are just some examples of how storytelling can actually, you know, make things look pretty bad, but how in some ways, like, it can actually help. But we got to be better at how we approach storytelling, especially when we're behind our mics, too. And that's something that Bryce and myself have learned, too, within, you know, the past, what has it been now, almost seven or eight years. That part, it's that insane. I know, it's insane, but at least we're open and we're learning. And that's all we can ask others to do, open and to learn. And, you know, with her story, I never want to label her as a toxic lady. I just want to label her as the story of Gloria Ramirez. Yeah. That's all that I kind of want to remember her as, like a mom and a a Riverside resident who Mm. loved her children very much. Mm. So, guys, let us know in the comments in our Instagram messages and on our posts if you have heard of a ghost story that helped solve a crime specifically one based out of california and we'll definitely we'll be reposting this article on our instagram i posted it to i think a week or two ago and stay tuned for more episodes we'll be covering the queen mary from the queen Mary. (laughs) yes live on the ground yes so we'll be doing an audible walking investigation and in, and a, another, you know, investigation on the side from our hotel room. Bryce might be asleep, but Tanya, our friend, our mate. It's fine. I talk from my sleep. It's fine. <laughs> the story of how Bryce got possessed by a ghost in his sleep. But was he cute? Good luck. Yeah. I'm, I can sleep or anything. So they can try, but good luck. Yeah. So we're going to be, yeah, we're definitely going to be coming up with some new video content and some audible content, especially from the Great Ghost Project, of course. And um, I'll be covering another investigation that I completed with Spooky Foodie and Tanya Avache Imports and comedian Martin Moreno. I'm at a very haunted vintage store in Chinatown. So yeah, no, in Little Tokyo. So yeah, guys, there's a lot that will be coming out. We wanted to start this amazing Yuletide season with some ghost stories and we'll end it with some pretty amazing investigations. And Bryce, you're gonna be out of town, huh? You're gonna be going to the haunted Midwest? <laughs> yeah, as well. Hopefully just the regular Midwest, but yes. It is oh, yeah. <laughs> where I'll be. I love it, it's very funny. I've had like my sister, she like called me and she's like, okay, here's all the coats we have. Does that sound like warm enough? And then I have a friend, like, I think my mom has an extra coat in storage. Like, I can get that for you. I'm like, I'm going to freeze on the nose. <laughs> oh, you're going to have fun. You're going to have a break from Los Angeles. I will be staying here and yes. sleeping a lot. I still have a sleep to get caught up on. Uh, yeah. I've always said it. I love LA during the holidays. I, it's it, in my mind without like minus the cocaine. It's what I imagine Los Angeles was like in the 80s. Like you can like minus the smog deregulation and minus the cocaine. You can get anywhere in 20 minutes. You can like drive on the freeway with your convertible top down playing your like synth music and like being mad at your parents. It's great. Well, guys, we hope that you're having a wonderful beginning of your 
Yuletide season. We hope that you are, if you are traveling, that you have safe travels. And we'll definitely be providing some more spooky tales and investigations to provide for your hungry ears, of course. And um, Bryce, do you have anything else you wish to say before we depart? Hi. <laughs> your last will and testament before we go to the Queen Mary. That's yeah, in a wow. week. Oh my God, it'll be a week. Almost it's a week. Crazy. I know. Riddling to the end of the year, as always. <laughs> Yes, guys, make sure you're following us on Instagram and Facebook at Holly Weird Paranormal, specifically on Instagram, because we will definitely be doing some coverage from the Queen Mary. I think we could squeeze in a live stream. I think we'll be able to squeeze in a live stream early when we make our, you know, descent onto the Queen Mary and we get settled into our room. We'll love to chat with you guys before we go into our investigation with Tanya and also to see if our room is haunted or on the haunted floor or deck of that ship. I can't wait to figure that out. <laughs> be sure to also be giving us a reading on Apple Podcasts. It helps yes, us please. indie podcasters out so much. Please leave us a positive review. Give us a couple of good, you know, five stars. It really helps us become a little more visible, especially with all these celebrities coming out with their podcasts. We, we, we get chewed into the darkness a little bit more. Yes. All right. Yeah. You can also reach out to us on our Gmail account, hollyweirdparanormal at Gmail. We would love to receive more of your ghost stories. We received two so far, guys. We're requesting you guys to send us your ghost stories so we can summon the holiday spirit in this way by doing another Listener's Tales episode. We need a couple more, maybe two or three more to fulfill a full episode. We love the stories that you send. It could be a voice recording or you could write it out in the email body of All Right. And then, of course, you can follow us on Twitter, which is now called X at HWP. Yes. That's it. Yes. All right, guys. Till next time. Thank you so much and stay Holly weird. Bye. Bye.